My world had fallen apart. It literally did, sorry. It, it, was, it was my life. Like, I thought the grief would get easier. It didn't, it got worse. To the point where I'd, it's probably the first time I've said it out loud. I wondered, why, why, why do I need to go on? What was the point? I'm on my own. Welcome to The Consult Room, the podcast that celebrates pets and people. I'm Dr. Paul Mangtelo. I'm a veterinary surgeon with a passion for the rich insights and stories about pets in the modern world that we live. Whether you're a pet owner, a pet professional, or you just love hearing about pets, then this is the space for you. In this mini-series, Pets in Lockdown, I wanted to pause and reflect on the relationship we had with our pets during the pandemic, brought to life with real conversations with real people. Today I'm talking to Rachel, who found herself being made redundant from a job that she loved and living in an isolated rural location with her elderly dog Theo as her primary companion. Just a heads up, Rachel's story is an emotional one, and this episode contains conversations around bereavement and grief some listeners may find upsetting. Rachel, your life changed quite significantly at the start of the pandemic, didn't it? It so, did, yeah, certainly did. So talk me through what happened. Um, so prior to lockdown, so pre-COVID, I had two jobs, um, one of which the main job was cabin crew, which is long haul. So I was away three to four times a month. And I did a second job with on a host on the trains, so barely got a day off, really. <laughs> Um, come COVID, obviously both our travel industry. Um, there we go. I took redundancy from one job and got stood down from another. So I went from busy, busy, busy to nothing for months. So yeah, big change. And what was that like? <laughs> um, at first it was lovely. Uh, you know, you've got that time off from being so busy, got things done that I'd um I'd put off and put off and put off. Um, but then yeah, just kind of you know the lockdown went on and on and on and. You just kind of feel a bit isolated, don't you, from it all? And yeah, it was a big change, big difference. And I think it it, it kind of hit me from being I am a busy person mm. to looking for jobs, and the jobs I done were done. And yeah, just very different. And on top of that, you you'd also moved, haven't you? So you used to live in in Surrey, didn't you? And, I did, and then yeah. you moved up to the Scottish borders before COVID hit. So yeah. There was not only the 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 kind of the um the lack of busyness you were then also in a in a different environment talk to me about where you live now so going from surrey obviously being downtown very busy the school runs you know you're hitting them every morning and uh, to the scottish borders and it's literally um it's class as a hamlet there's six houses on a farm and the nearest house is probably two miles away uh foothills of, of the Cheviot hills so yeah from surrey to busyness to like, you know, you've got a few neighbours. I think there's 11 of us live on the, the little place and that's it. I mean, it sounds idyllic in some respects, doesn't it? But yeah. um, but what what was that like living in that kind of um, environment? Because a lot of people that lived in the cities were were kind of dreaming of, you know, a more a more kind of rural life, especially in lockdown. But what was what was it actually like? Um, I kind of class myself as very lucky. Uh, it, is, it is isolated to a point. However, it's 
you, you know, you've got that garden, you've got the outdoor space. And, and I think as well for me, um, when I took the redundancy, I had to go back and work for a month flying. So I was coming in out of London um, and to see those high rise buildings in the first lockdown, you're allowed out for an hour. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm so lucky really to have this space around me to walk where I want to walk. And, and yeah, but so yeah, I, I do class myself lucky in lockdown. So yeah, I do feel for other people that weren't so lucky. <laughs> lucky in lockdown. Lucky in lockdown. Um, yeah. So uh, before, obviously, before the pandemic, you made the move to the country, and you moved to the country with your little dog Theo. Didn't I you? did. Yeah. So tell me, tell me a bit about Theo. So Theo was a rescue dog. I got him um, at seven years old. Um, he came from uh, a rescue centre in London, um, and yeah, he was. I don't know. I don't know a lot about his back. I know his home. He had a home. He wasn't astray or anything. Um, and yeah, taking him up to to the hills, to the to the farm. He was just off lead all the time, and he it was a little bit unruly, shall we say? <laughs> but he had a great personality. So I knew Theo. <laughs> you did know Theo. <laughs> a little bit unruly, shall we say? So let's talk through his. What was his best bits? And what was his worst bits? Uh, his best bits. He was a loving dog, and he wouldn't leave my side. Um, and he had, like I say, he had the most amazing character. Um, stubborn, but stubborn in a cheeky way, if that makes sense. His unruly habits was he would bark at anything bigger than himself, a typical terrier. <laughs> so whether it would be, it was sheep, cows, tractors, quad bikes, <laughs> London buses, <laughs> anything that was bigger than him. And that's that's when the Aspo came out, isn't it? it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Short, short little man syndrome, wasn't it, with, with yeah. Theo? Obviously, you went from a situation where you were, you know, busy all the time. And um, I think I remember Theo was in, you know, daycare some yeah. days and, you know, then, you know, you'd pick him up on the way back from the airport and things like yeah. that. to so just being with him 24-7. What was that like? Oh, it was just lovely. Like, you know, he always, like I said, he had a big personality and I loved the dog to bits. Um, but, you know, in that lockdown period, he never left my side at all to the point where I would go across the drive to the bin to put rubbish out and he'd be there. I'd go upstairs to the toilet, he'd be there. I'd hear the, the thud on the stairs and he'd be there and he literally did not leave my side of the entire lockdown. And it was just that thing of him, oh, it just, I don't know, it's just like the bond grows, doesn't it? It's just like having a child. So, I, well, it's like having everything. He's, he's, he's your partner, he's your kid, he's, he's just everything. And yeah, that bond was massive. Yeah, and a lot of people are saying that having a pet in lockdown was hugely important for them, especially to combat things like loneliness and uh, and things like anxiety and things like that. Did you feel that with Theo? What did what what, what did it mean to you to have him? Um, you kind of appreciate him more, um, and, you know. When I look back now and I gave him the dog sit, I said, yes, I did do my research, and the dog sitters were amazing. And when I moved back up north, you had my parents, so I knew it was always taken care of but I don't know you just kind of appreciate having that dog more don't you and it's just like it's your life really it really is it gives you a reason to do things like get up in the morning you have to get up in the morning and go for a walk and and you just appreciate it was longer walks you went off to places just before lockdown we went off to you know had a night in Scotland and just longer walks yeah I appreciate your surroundings with him yeah and obviously he's gone from the city yeah into this how did he adapt uh, really well. Um, obviously, like I said, the, the, the Asbo kicked in when it came to was on a bit of a, a, a tight rain when anything passed, but he just loved it. You know, he used to pot around, he sat on the drive, just watched the world go by, and he, yeah, he just loved it. Yeah. 
This episode is sponsored by Superdog from Vitabiotics, the UK's number one vitamin company. As a vet, I would always encourage a healthy, balanced diet for your dog. But like us, all dogs are different. So giving a vitamin supplement can act as an insurance policy to make sure you're meeting your dog's nutritional needs. Superdog's chewable, tasty braised beef tablets are packed with over 21 nutrients, expertly formulated for your special companion, including linseed oil to help maintain a glossy coat, greenlit muscle to maintain joint health, and zinc and selenium to provide immune support. In a recent study, Superdog was recommended by 96% of dog owners. Dogs absolutely love them. I've personally seen improvements in many, many dogs whose owners have given Superdog vitamins for just a few weeks. Superdog is available now at Amazon, Ocado, Paws, Superdrug and Vitabiotics.com. But earlier this year, obviously, Theo became quite poorly, didn't he? He did. So talk to me about that and what happened. I do apologise if I get a bit teary about it because it's still quite raw. Um, yeah, so Theo, um, he was 14 in April, um, and he just, it suddenly became sick, he just, he vomited, and I didn't really think too much into it. Um, the next day was a bit, a bit jaded, shall we say, so again, I didn't really think a lot into it, he was, you know, he was 14, um, and he just progressively got worse, and the weekend I took him off to the vets, and, um, they thought it might be an infection in his stomach because he had a bit of rotten teeth and they just thought I was down to age. And then, again, he just got worse. So the Monday I sent him in for tests and I hadn't been home in the house five minutes and I got that dreaded call to say it was stage three to four kidney failure. Um, I asked them if they would stay in the vets just to pick him up a bit because he was so unwell. Um, they come back on the afternoon to say with an update and I just a lot of thought about it. He's diesel and... I'll bring him home and then we'll take the next step tomorrow. And they, they, they told me to come and get him. And then, yeah, he just, he just, sorry, I went, um, yeah, he had to go the next day. Um, yeah. What what was that like trying to access veterinary care? Because obviously a lot of practices at the time were in lockdown. What was that like as an owner? Um because I'm rural, uh, we don't have a, a huge client base up in those the, the little vets. It's a, it's a small um, branch of vets. Um, you know, you get them there. On the Saturday, and it was the Easter weekend, it was the same vets, but I had to drive them 26 miles to the one that was actually open where the out of hours was. But in general, over the lockdown period, um, we could get appointments at the vets, although we had to wait outside, and then the, your animal or your dog would be taken in without you. Mm. So... And was that hard, obviously, not being with um, him in the... On that, but yeah, I think that was what, what kind of made my decision on the Monday, um, was knowing that I couldn't be with him. Um, I knew what the next step was going to be. Um, I'd accepted that. But the hardest thing for me was letting him go in there without me by my side. By my side. So at that point, I just thought I want to get him comfortable and then bring him home and have him in his own home. And you, you managed to get a vet to come out at that point. I did, yeah. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a local vet, and he was actually actually um, doing the farm rounds. So yeah, he kind of slot me in between his his next farm. So and he came out. It was on. The, it was outside, but it was at his home. And how did that fit? Obviously, it's heartbreaking when you lose a pet. But from you know what you've told us, you were spending you know, every yeah. waking minute 
with Theo, you know, for, for quite a long period of time. And then to go from that to not have him there anymore. What what was that like? That world had fallen apart. It literally did, sorry. Um it, it was it was my life. Like um I thought the grief would get easier, it didn't, it got worse. To the point where I'd it's probably the first time I've said it aloud. I wondered why 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 do I need to go on? What was the point? I'm on my own. He was everything. It was, you know, he was my reason to get out of bed to go for walks. I was lying on pajamas one day, every day, and just thinking, what is the point anymore? It really is. I was working part-time, I've gone back to work part-time. Struggling to pay bills because obviously the you know the pandemic had gone on longer than anybody ever expected. I was expecting life changing, going back, you know, my second job full time and yeah. So yeah, it's it is hard. And did what was happening out in the world make that feel any different for you? The fact that we were still in a a yeah. global pandemic. How did how did that feel? Um you know, you've lost your life, you want comfort, you can't even go off and see friends or anything and get that comfort. All of us, you know, getting phone calls, see if I was okay. But it's not the same as that human contact, isn't it? You know, it's a face-to-face and that hug, that's all you want when you, you've lost someone. And I mean, he was a someone, he wasn't something. Um, that's all you want, isn't it, really? I think we spoke earlier, didn't we, and said that, you know, obviously it is completely heartbreaking to, to lose a pet. But do you see that last time that you had with Theo because actually you could have still lived in Surrey you could have still had two jobs and you know he could have still got poorly and passed away but the fact that you had those months where you had all that time does that make you feel any better at all yeah I mean he had he had a lovely life anyway with me you know he he always had the best for everything um but that particular year and then it was a year from April to April. I literally spent every hour with him, and he had that best little. You know, of course, it gives me comfort. And the fact that his illness at the end was very short. Um, again, you know, I'm thankful for that. But yeah, he had an amazing year. What are the things that you remember the most about Theo? <laughs> uh, his character. He was, you know, that because it. I know a lot of people don't agree, but he, let, he he had my bed as well. He had his side of the bed. And just missing that little nose on the back of your shoulder in the morning to wake you up and, and his little snores and his little kicks during the night when it gets too hot and just by, you know, by my side on the sofa and just everything. Like you say, he was just there. <laughs> you know, they say you can never replace a, a dog or a pet, any pet yeah. for that matter. Um, but there is a new dog in your life, isn't there? <laughs> there is. <laughs> there is. We've got Norman. <laughs> so tell me about Norman. Uh, well, Norman came in. Um, I'd like I said, the, the grief got so bad that I knew that it was the dog I was missing. So I had to go and get a dog at that point. I knew. Um, and Norman just came by chance. I'd applied, well, I'd queried about a couple of dogs who um, actually were quite aggressive. They were a bit nervous around people and quite aggressive and didn't like other dogs. Not great on a farm when there's about seven <laughs> of the farm dogs running around. And Norma had come in the day before from their transfer centre. So she sent me a picture of him and I instantly just fell in love with him. 
his big head, his long body, and his little short legs. Quite a little character. So yeah, I went up to meet him, and uh, that was that. So he's now in my life. And how long have you had him for now? Um, I've had him for about a month and a half now. And how's it going? Uh, amazing. He's such a good little dog. <laughs> Complete opposite little Asbo Theo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's got yeah, he's got a cheeky side. Mm. Um, there are little traits of Theo in there, but I try and treat him very differently. He doesn't sleep on my bed. He's actually well behaved. Um, I don't give him little tidbits off the plate at the end because he's not Theo. So I want to treat him differently to Theo. Although that that you know, I love him. Absolutely love him. And do you still think about Theo? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's you know there are a lot of times where I'll be walking along with Norman and just like that for that second you think oh, I wish Theo was there or you know or a kid like. Norm was in the spare bedroom the other day having a little sniff around and he made a noise and it, it sounded like Theo used to run in the bed and scratch his back on the mm. wood under the bed. And it was just that little, you know, those little things. I think, oh, yeah, I miss him. Of course I miss him. I think about him a lot still. And how do you think going forwards, because obviously the world um, is starting at this point as we sit here today, starting to return back to normal. So do you have a different view of your relationship with, with dogs? Um, compared to to what you had maybe before the pandemic, obviously you had a very intense experience over the last year or so. Does that change the way you feel about owning a dog? I think, um, yeah, I think that the effort, you know, when you have a dog and you become so close to them, it it does change the way you view your next dog, and it just changes the way you get. You, you, know, you learn all the time, don't you? And when you like, I say with a full year of 24 hours a day with Theo you do learn you you pick up things and so now we look for different things within Norman and yeah well you gave Theo an amazing life <laughs> thank you and I think Norman is a very very lucky boy so well I can't wait to hear more about him <laughs> I'm sure you will <laughs> thank you thank you Thanks for listening today and supporting the Consult Room podcast. I really do think these conversations are so important to have. But if you're struggling with the loss of a pet, then be assured that there is help out there. The Blue Cross run a fantastic pet bereavement support service and you can contact them on 0800 096 6606 or email pbssmail at bluecross.org.uk for free and confidential advice and support. You've been listening to The Consult Room. I really hope you've enjoyed today's show. Please do subscribe, follow or share this podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback. If you want to get in touch or collaborate, then do reach out to us at theconsultroom.co.uk or connect with me on social media as Dr Paul the Vet or Dr Paul Mangtelope.